0: Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. Show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up! And be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you on your community radio, 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. My name is Tree Song. I'll be your host today. There is an outside chance we will get another call in from Orr while he's still out on his solar adventures. His students, I believe, are taking their their quiz for their solar training, so he may be unavailable to call us in. But either way, we've got plenty of news and holidays and happenings to get your day going right on this Lovely Friday after, fr- lovely Friday morning. Promises to be a lovely morning and afternoon today. So we'll get to a little music and then the news, holidays, and happenings. All right, let's get into some of our amazing stories for the day. Scientists have just detected a major change to the Earth's oceans linked to a warming climate. A large research synthesis published in one of the world's most influential scientific journals has detected a decline in the amount of dissolved oxygen in oceans around the world, a long-predicted result of climate change that could have severe consequences for marine organisms if it continues. The paper published Wednesday in the journal Nature by oceanographer Sankar Schmidtko and two colleagues from the Geomar Helmholtz Center for Ocean Research in Kiel, Germany found a decline of more than 2% in ocean oxygen content worldwide between 1960 and 2010. I will say that again. It's a decline of more than 2% in ocean oxygen content worldwide. The loss, however, showed up in some ocean basins more than others. The largest overall volume of oxygen was lost in the largest ocean, the Pacific. But as a percentage, the decline was sharpest in the Arctic Ocean, a region facing Earth's most stark climate change. The loss of ocean oxygen, quote, has been assumed from models, and there have been lots of regional analysis that have shown local decline, but it has never been shown on the global scale and never for the deep ocean, said Schmidtko who conducted the research with Lothar Strama and Martin Risbeck, also of Geomar. The new study underscores once again that some of the most profound consequences of climate change are occurring in the oceans rather than on land. Now, since we are land-based creatures, most of us anyway, uh, well, well, probably most of our listeners, there may be some dolphins listening, I don't know, but uh, most of us land-based creatures tend to think of the changes happening on land. But the ocean is actually... uh, suffering some of the most profound consequences of climate change. In recent years, incursions of warm ocean water have caused large die-offs of coral reefs and, in some cases, kelp forests as well. Meanwhile, warmer oceans have also begun to destabilize glaciers in Greenland and Antarctica. And as they melt, these glaciers freshen the ocean waters and potentially change the nature of their circulation. When it comes to ocean deoxygenation as climate change continues this trend should also increase Studies so suggest a loss of up to 7% of the ocean's oxygen by 2100 now imagine if the room that you were in was going to lose 7% of its oxygen I mean I know there's a lot of oxygen you'd probably be fine for a little while but you'd start thinking hmm why am I taking all of the oxygen out of my own room At the end of the current paper, the researchers are blunt about the consequences of a continuing loss of oceanic oxygen. Quote, far-reaching implications for marine ecosystems and fisheries can be expected, they write. Tribes filed last ditch effort to block Dakota Pop Pipeline. Native American tribes have filed yet another legal motion seeking to halt construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. Legal experts said the attempt faces long odds, but maybe the tribe's best hope for blocking the, the project. The motion filed Tuesday by the Standing Rock and the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribes asked the court to reverse an easement for the pipeline that the Army Corps of Engineers granted that easement lifted the final hurdle for the project's completion. The tribe said the Corps' actions violate the National Environmental Policy Act and the Corps' responsibility to protect the tribe's treaty rights. They called the decision, quote, arbitrary, capricious, and contrary to law. The move is the latest in a long and twisting legal battle and protest movement to block the project's Missouri River crossing under Lake Oahe, which skirts the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation. The tribe says the pipeline threatens its water supply and sacred sites. In the final weeks of the Obama administration, the Army Corps declined to issue the final easement for the pipeline, saying it would conduct an environmental impact statement and would consider rerouting the pipeline. One of Donald Trump's first actions as president, however, was to order a reversal of the decision and swift approval of the project. Last week, the Corps issued the easement for Lake Oahe Crossing without producing an impact statement final construction began. The pipeline now may be just weeks away from completion. The tribes have had little success in their legal attempts to block construction, said Patrick A. Parento, a professor at Vermont Law School. Quote, It's already knocked them back a few times. It's never a good sign when you keep losing, he said. But Parento said the motion contains the best arguments the tribe have put forward. The strongest possible argument is that the Trump administration, with no change in facts, no change in conditions, reverse the government's position he said as the federal government you told this court in december you had a legal obligation to do a full environmental impact statement now you're telling me you don't why and yeah that's something that's been on my mind ever since they did this it's you know if, if the government said it had a legal obligation to do this in december and it, it's not like it's not like the rivers moved or any any facts on the ground changed The water's still there. People are still using the water. So why do they suddenly not need an environmental impact statement? We will definitely keep you posted on how that lawsuit goes. Like they said, it's facing long odds in court, but it sounds like truth is on their side. So (laughs) hopefully that will help them at least a little bit in a court of law. We'll see. See other news. Climate change concerns prompt court to block Vienna airport expansion. An Austrian court has blocked construction of a new runway at Vienna's airport, mainly on the grounds that the project would increase climate-changing greenhouse gas emissions, in violation of Austrian and European environmental laws. The decision was seen as affirming Austrians' constitutional rights to a clean environment including protection from climate change impacts. It may be the first time a court anywhere in the world has blocked a major public infrastructure project based heavily on climate-related laws or considerations, according to several legal experts. Quote, We have had some other big cases in Austria where projects were blocked for other environmental reasons, but this was the first time it was about climate change, said Berthold Lidner, a prominent Austrian environmental lawyer who was not involved in the case. The ruling by a three-judge panel at the Federal Administrative Court in Vienna on February 2nd said that the harmful impacts of added carbon dioxide emissions from the airport's expansion would outweigh the public benefits of the project. Austria's constitution requires the country to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The new runway would unavoidably increase them. Now, this is something we've talked about here before on Your Community Spirit. If... Once you start building new infrastructure that is going to involve the use of fossil fuels, you're basically locking in an increased use of fossil fuels. And so if we're trying to decrease our overall use of fossil fuels, that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. And these judges apparently agreed. The judges also said the project would make it difficult to reach the greenhouse gas cuts targeted by the Paris Climate Agreement. The 2011 Climate Protection Law that's included in the Austrian Constitution includes emissions reductions targets broken down by sector. By 2020, the law requires the transportation sector to reduce its share of Austria's total emissions by 2.25%. But the construction of the runway would increase the emissions by 1.79%, the judges said. Quote, Through construction of the third runway and the increased air traffic, CO2 emissions in Austria would see a distinct increase, the panel said. In the court's view, the additional CO2 emissions can't be justified, even though the proposal has positive economic aspects. Increased particulate air pollution and the loss of productive agricultural lands were also cited as considerations in the ruling. The court's decision could serve as a reference point for climate-related cases nationwide, Lindner said. I would say even internationally, too, possibly. I mean, you know, countries don't necessarily rely on each other's laws for precedent, but it may give people the idea to start working on this in their own legal system. However, since Austrian law is not based on precedent, the decision, if it withstands appeal, will not compel other courts to make similar rulings. Legal experts around the world will be watching closely to see if the decision stands, said Michael Girard, an expert on climate law, who works at Columbia University's Sabine Center for Climate Change Law. Quote, This is part of a growing phenomenon of climate cases Not based on statutes, but on overarching constitutional or human rights, he said. This really is the fourth decision in this category. I think this may be the first case to stop a project because of climate impacts. the news, cheap solar ambulances to speed into service in rural Bangladesh. An inexpensive solar-powered ambulance that can fit down narrower laneways is set to hit the road in rural Bangladesh this year, its manufacturers say. The three-wheeled van, as well equipped as ambulances used in Bangladesh's cities, runs entirely on solar power, including solar battery power at night, and can be used in rural areas with no grid electricity, according to the developers. A Bangladeshi university, a government organization, and a local vehicle manufacturer, who are collaborating on the vehicle, say it should, for the first time, bring ambulance servants to rural areas without it. Now, that's part of what's amazing to me about this project, is it's, it's not just that they're converting some existing ambulance service to solar. It's that these solar ambulances will allow them to have ambulance service where they don't currently. The vehicle is in the field testing stage, and there are plans to launch it by the end of 2017. The project's team leader and a professor at Brack University in in Dhaka said that most rural community health clinics cannot afford conventional ambulance services, but that the new ambulance would be cheap to buy and to run. Quote, I thought a low-cost ambulance service would be a good idea for these rural clinics. And by using solar power, we can reduce operational costs and save the environment, he said. The ambulance is expected to cost $1,900 to $2,500, which is a fraction of the price of conventional ambulances, which can cost at least $30,000 in Bangladesh. A very interesting example of solar being deployed on a small local scale um, to, to not just provide energy, but provide energy where there was none before. Sunny News, 2016 was U.S. Solar's biggest year to date, with record-breaking 95% growth. In 2016, the U.S. solar market nearly doubled its annual record, installing 14,626 megawatts of solar PV. This represents a whopping 95% growth increase over 2015's cumulative 7,493 megawatts according to the latest figures from GTM Research and the Solar Energy Industries Association, SEIA. Last year was a record-breaking year for U.S. solar on many counts, as it ranked as the number one source of new electric generation capacity additions on an annual basis for the first time ever in 2016. Solar accounted for 39% of new capacity additions across all fuel sources. Quote, What these numbers tell you is that the solar industry is a force to be reckoned with, said Abigail Ross Hopper, SCEIA's president and CEO. Quote, Solar's economically winning hand is generating strong growth across all market segments nationwide, leading to more than 260,000 Americans now employed in solar. The utility scale segment was spurred dramatically this year by a pipeline of projects due to the extension of the ITC. This segment installed at the most capacity and also had the highest growth rate, from up, up 145 percent from 2015. Community solar really provi- uh excuse me, community solar really proved itself as a force to be reckoned with as well, adding a record total of more than 200 megawatts, led by Minnesota and Massachusetts. So solar is on the rise, just as the sun is on the rise here in Southern Illinois right now. Let's see what holidays we can get into this week. We have the Random Acts of Kindness Day today. So any day is a good day for random acts of kindness, but today is an especially chosen day for giving out random acts of kindness. So if you haven't been kind to anyone for the past 364 days, now is your chance. Also coming up, we have National Battery Day on Saturday. I wonder if Elon Musk is going to celebrate that with any sort of new battery announcements over at tesla <laughs> we also have national drink wine day there are many wonderful wineries here in southern illinois that will surely celebrate that day sunday is national chocolate mint day i i just ate some chocolate mint today so i celebrated it early monday is cherry pie day and love your pet day it's also president's day Let's see. Wednesday is Be Humble Day. So you don't necessarily want to go around bragging about being humble. That would kind of defeat the purpose, but it's Be Humble Day. It's also International World Thinking Day. Uh, That may explain some of the problems we face if we only think one day of the year. But better one day than none, I guess. February is American Heart Month. It's also Black History Month. It's uh, lots of good months here. National Children's Dental Health Month. Now, dental health is very important. I'm well aware of this fact. I'm getting dental work done. I just got some done yesterday, and I'm getting more done soon. So take care of your dental health, and thank all of your dentists and those who make dental care possible. It's also National Weddings Month. I don't actually hear much about weddings in February, but maybe this is when you're planning for your, your June weddings, that sort of thing. National Weddings Month. (laughs) All right, let's get into some of our local community happenings. We have Black History Month... Black History Month at SIU. The entire month of February is Black History Month. It's an annual observance celebrating the past and present achievement of African Americans. The 2017 theme is The Crisis in Black Education. For a full calendar of events, you can visit smrc.siu.edu. Also, coming up, we have Movie and Pizza Party coming up on Friday. Uh, It's today at 7 p.m. at Gaia House Interfaith Center. The film this month is Loving. The story of Richard and Mildred Loving, an interracial couple whose challenge of their anti-miscegenation arrest for their marriage in Virginia, led to a legal battle that would end at the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, This movie is an opportunity to learn a bit of history about Black History Month. And I'm looking forward to seeing this movie because I've heard this story. You know, I've heard about this famous case where they were challenging uh, their arrest for having an interracial marriage but I don't really know much beyond this sort of history tidbit there's a whole movie about it tonight at 7 at Guy House also today we have Through the Darwinian Looking Glass this is coming up today at 7.30pm at the uh, Lazar Law Building this is part of the 2017 Dar- Darwin Week it's their keynote lecture for that through the Darwinian Looking Glass, Past, Present, and Future. This is presented by Dr. Joel S. Brown, Professor, Department of Biological Sciences, University of Illinois at Chicago. It will be followed by a reception. The event is free and open to the public. Now, this is, it's an important time to be learning about science because we are having this backlash against science right now and a lot of science denialism going on. So learning more about science is a very important act right now. other community happenings. We have the Winter Indoor Community Farmers Market that's happening on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Carboneo Community High School. Now, it's so nice outside you wouldn't know it was still winter, but (laughs) I believe they're still holding it indoors just on the off chance we get actual winter weather. But that's over at the Carboneo Community High School tomorrow morning. In other happenings... We have the Carbonell Home Buyer Seminar. It's coming up on Saturday at 10 a.m. at the Carbonell Public Library. This is a free public event to educate and encourage residents to know the options available to them when it comes to buying a home. Attendees will receive a wealth of information from professionals such as realtors, mortgage lenders, home inspectors, title companies, and more. Lunch will be provided to all attendees, plus light refreshments throughout the seminar. Activities for children will be available, so feel free to bring your children with you. Once again, that's the Carbon Home Buyer Seminar on Saturday, 10 a.m. at Carbon Public Library. Now this one sounds like a fun event. I mean, hopefully all of the ones we read are fun, but this one has play in the title. Play with Food. It's coming up on Saturday at 1 p.m. at 216 North Washington. There will be a free lunch and workshops on making ginger beer, bread and salad dressing this is an opportunity to learn how to make some good stuff at home and to play with food (laughs) this is sponsored by the center for subsistence research and that's saturday 1pm 216 north washington right here in carbondale we've got a few more happenings here that we can get to the new humanist forum what is humanism Now, they've had this whole series of New Humanist Forum talks, but this is one specifically about humanism itself. So it should be for an exciting and interesting time. It's coming up on Sunday, February 19th, at 12.15 p.m., over at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship, 105 North Parish Lane in Carbondale. Jonathan Springer will present, What is Humanism? Although the term is in the group's name, it's been a long time since they looked at what humanism is. In this talk, Jonathan will present the results of his recent effort to learn about the history of humanism and the various perspectives on it that have evolved. All right, in other community happenings, we have Simply Watercolor. This is coming up on Sunday at 1.30 p.m. at the Carbonell Public Library. Simply Watercolor with Trish Ollie is an experience with watercolour uh, to create. Even if you've never painted before, this is an opportunity to surprise yourself and create with watercolor. Coming up at 1.30 PM at the Carbonale Public Library. Alright, getting into next week's happenings we have the Discover and Engage. This is coming up on Wednesday at five PM at Carbonale Community Arts. Artspace Three O four is hosting a free public reception on Wednesday from five to seven PM for Discover and Engage. This is open to all families and area youth that are especially encouraged to attend. The exhibition is a culmination of work created by youth participating in the after-school fine arts program at the Boys and Girls Club of Carbondale and members of our local arts community during the Free Arts Saturday Workshop. Dr. Michael Ferris, who holds a Ph.D. in arts education, led both programs with the goal of providing an engaging arts experience to members of the community in arts workshops, educating and exploring a variety of arts media and process. So this is an, an opportunity to go to the reception and see all of the wonderful art that emerged from that. It's once again Wednesday at 5 p.m. Carboneo Community Arts. And we should have time for one more happening here. This is Food Not Bombs. This is coming up on Friday, February 24th, so not today but a week from today at 6 p.m. over at Guy House Interfaith Center. Food Not Bombs is seeking to end hunger and poverty, not just feed it. They offer free vegetarian meals at Guy House every second and fourth Friday at 6 p.m. This is a spontaneous dinner created in real time, and every meal is different. Yeah, they basically go and they they gather foods that people have brought, foods that have been salvaged, foods that have been donated, and have a big potluck together. But they invite community members to come at 5 p.m., Bring raw ingredients and cook a meal from gathered ingredients to serve at 6 p.m. So the cooking is at 5, and the eating is at 6, and they have the cleaning at 7 as well. They also invite people to bring pre-made vegetarian entrees, sides, or desserts, potluck style, or you can just bring your lovely self and enjoy a family meal. So that's a very warm, welcoming attitude over at Food Not Bombs. That's not this Friday, but next Friday at 6 p.m. at the Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois. All right, this has once again been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. I hope you've learned at least half as much as I have during the course of the show. And I hope you're enjoying your day. It's a beautiful day outside here in southern Illinois. I know there's plenty of wonderful things to do outdoors around here, so now's your chance while it still feels like spring weather. I hope you have a great weekend and a great week, and we will see you here next week on the radio.